Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of What the Health Just Happened, where we talk about all things healthcare, the good, the bad, the ups, the downs, the lefts, the rights, and everything in between. We also bring on a variety of business leaders, nonprofits, and community advocates to discuss some healthy versus unhealthy business and life practices. Today, we have a combination of both healthcare and a wonderful nonprofit, I would say. Before I introduce our guests, I'm your host, Eric Ross. Thank you, 212 Benefits your partners in all thing benefits here in Jacksonville, Florida for sponsoring the show. Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, JDRF. Okay, I'm going to do the intro on both your titles, your roles, etc. Then you two just take it over. I'm not going to talk once after the intro, okay? So we have Casey Repass with Repass Law. It's your husband's law firm, correct? Yes. Okay, but you are also the gala chair for JDRF Party with a Purpose and mom of T1D, that's type 1 diabetes daughter, Robinson. I'm sorry, that's that's yes. Colleen's daughter. Nope, Robinson's that's your my daughter. daughter. Okay, yes. we're going we're gonna to rewind a tad. We don't okay. have to edit this. We can if we want to. <laughs> your daughter's Robinson, T1D. <laughs> we're going to get to the gala versus gala. Okay. We also have Colleen Morris, who happens to work for JDRF. You're the development director and mom of two T1D daughters, Quinn and Mackenzie. That's right. Is that accurate? That's right. Okay, man. The intro is always the hardest <laughs> part. Now it's just count, uh, casual conversation dialogue. Colleen, you work for JDRF. You're an employee of the organization, right? A 5013C. Yes. What is it? JDRF, Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Take it away. Yeah, so thanks for having us today, Eric. Uh, JDRF was founded in 1970 by two moms, Lee Ducat and Carol Laurie. And just like Casey and I, these two moms were determined to find a cure for their children living with type 1 diabetes. JDRF expanded through grassroots fundraising, advocacy efforts to become the powerhouse it is today in the scientific community. So we have, and I'm really proud to say, JDRF has funded over $2.5 billion. With a B. With a B. With a B. Billion dollars in research to date. Uh, so we've made some pretty significant progress in understanding and fighting this disease. A little bit about our mission. JDR's mission is to prevent, treat, and cure type 1 diabetes for the 1.6 million Americans living with it and the 8.8 million people globally living with type 1. So we are a leading global organization funding type 1 diabetes research. Okay, before we dive into the disease process, we talked about that priorly. I'm going to ask just kind of some questions about JDR specifically. So nationwide organization mm -hmm. across how many states do you know? All across the country. All Let's say all 50 states. And globally. And globally. Glo so JDRF is an uh, international organization raising yes. funds for everyone, not just the U.S. That's, That's right. pretty cool. We're going to focus on Florida because we happen to sit here and reside here, right? And you had mentioned there's in the state of Florida, pre-COVID, you had eight divisions or eight units spread across the state? Yeah. So pre-COVID, there was, let's say, nine chapters. Now, after COVID, we've condensed it down to two, the Northern Florida chapter, which I'm part of, and the Southern Florida chapter. So in the Northern Florida chapter, uh, we have people like myself working in Tampa, Orlando, and I'm based here in Jacksonville. So again, I love to, we're going to talk about JDRF a ton um, 
I'm just going to call it T1D the whole time. Type 1 diabetes. We'll talk about type 2 diabetes briefly, right? So JDRF, this, this, I would say, incredible organization from what I understand. I haven't had to deal with it personally. I have some friends that have. Emphasis on that, some, some upcoming events that I think are a big deal, and, of course, your experience dealing with, with T1D as mothers. Grassroots organization. So two moms, right, like yourselves, two moms, started this how long ago? In 1970. So, Actually, on my birthday, May 21st. Did you wow, know that? I did not know yeah. that. Like, like you're, are you gonna age, like your crazy. date of birth My or date just? Of birth. No, oh. no, 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 I'm, I'm old. I'm younger than that. Okay, that's what I was saying. Do we don't, <laughs> it's on the that's day. what I'm looking for. Not that. Please, I'm younger. The actual <laughs> date. Okay. Yeah. And then again, COVID changed a lot of things, but Florida specifically, it's now broken to two segments: South and North Florida. Mm-hmm. North Florida is Jacksonville, Duval. I just again, I live here. <laughs> we love it here. Um, you said Tampa, Orlando, and then you mentioned Gainesville, Tallahassee, and. Yeah, so we're the whole <laughs> northern Florida community. Um, we we out to the Panhandle, Tallahassee, Gainesville. Um, so we have physical people working for JDRF based in Tampa, Orlando, and Jacksonville. But my job extends um, outside of Jacksonville to to the greater Jacksonville communities as well. The Big Five, mm-hmm. like Nassau, yeah. Baker, uh, Duval, St. John's. Who am I missing? What's the last? What's the that's uh, only four? Clay. That's it. Clay. Thank very you. good. Yeah. Um, okay grassroots organization i love to emphasize this this is two moms who started this dealing with their personal issues right their their children with t1d say the number again the funds that you guys have raised since you started 2.5 billion dollars with a b and then the, the most important thing here the mission is to prevent treat and cure type 1 diabetes that's a pretty ambitious goal mm-hmm. okay so before we talk about the disease process what kind of what kind of moves have you made so far? Yeah, so um, well, in the prevention space, the the biggest thing that's happened since I think like you know 100 years ago, insulin was developed, um, which was a really big thing to happen in the type one diabetes community. Um, last November, the FDA approved this drug therapy called T-Zield. So this is the first disease modifying treatment. For individuals eight years and up at risk for developing type 1 diabetes. So this is really huge. Like this is the first big, ta- deal. big deal. Big deal. Big deal. Do you so, want to do you want to hold off? Let's talk about the, the disease yeah. process, how it works. I think Casey, you mentioned you're comfortable talking about the disease process. Yeah. I can chime in too. And then we'll talk about the medication specifically. Absolutely. So disease process, two moms here. What is type 1 diabetes? So type 1 diabetes occurs when the body's immune system attacks and destroys certain cells in the pancreas, and these cells are called beta cells. Beta cells normally produce insulin, and insulin is a hormone that helps the body move the sugars contained in food into the cells throughout the body, which gives us energy, right? So when the beta cells are destroyed, no insulin can be produced, and the sugar stays in the blood, which can cause serious damage to your other organs. Um, for this reason, people with type 1 diabetes, they have to take insulin. They are insulin dependent every single day in order to survive, in order to live. This and is they, mom talking, by the way, who dealt with it. You don't have type 1 diabetes, no. but your daughter does. We'll yes. get to that momentarily. So continue. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. That's okay. So, so this means that in order for someone to get insulin, they have to either have multiple injections a day or in, I think it was in the, when, when was the pump created? The 50s? They have an insulin pump now that you can have an, one injection every three days where the, the pump is connected to your body 
and it can administer insulin using a, a personal device. Some, actually, the phone sometimes now works. We'll for get some to of that. <laughs> You've yes, got okay. your phone there monitoring it. So, but the bottom line is they're insulin dependent for life, and um, that's you know it's different from type two diabetes where. Hold um, off till you get there because oh, I want to talk about no. This is great. Okay. Let's type one diabetes. You're, it's an autoimmune disorder, right? Yes, your, right. your body is essentially fighting, fighting itself. Against, mm-hmm. You're having issues with beta cells, and insulin's the biggest thing. Type 2 diabetes, go ahead. That's I, I, I always explain it like you're either born with it or you've earned it. I think type 2 diabetes you kind of earn over time. Well, I think it's a, it, you're probably genetically disposed to it as well, but with type 2 diabetes, your body doesn't use the insulin properly. You're, you're kind of insulin-resistant. Um, so, and, and although people with type two, they can manage it with diet and exercise and medicine, it's still a serious chronic illness. Um, and, you know, any research that's done to help type one, obviously is going to help type two, but with type one, you, you don't have a pancreas at all. Basically it's not working. It doesn't function properly. Right. Yeah. At all. So, so there's no insulin that you're producing. So you are relying on 100% synthetic insulin. Versus type two, you have insulin. You just may not have enough to keep up with your what your body is requiring. Signs and symptoms. Signs Actually, two symptoms. two big things first. Hypoglycemia, which is low. low. Hypo mm-hmm. means low. Mm-hmm. Hyperglycemia means high. high. Right. So can you signs and symptoms of both? Right. So normal blood sugar range is seventy to one twenty, um, and like we said earlier, you're probably around eighty, probably. Right now, I don't know. I had a donut <laughs> before I boxed. Oh, maybe okay, you I'm might kidding. Be like I didn't 100. really. <laughs> um, so. When, so the warning signs of type 1, what happens is when your body is not producing insulin, you have all this sugar floating around in your bloodstream. Versus so, your cells where they should go right, right. to create the insulin, energy. That's the insulin is right. kind of like, I used to explain this to the kids, it's like Pac-Man going around oh, your bloodstream, cleaning up the, the sugar and pulling it into your cells. And if you don't have that insulin in your cells, you don't have any energy. You're lethargic, you're tired, you're weak. Um, And you can't grow. You'll see like if your kid starts getting really thin, very skinny and not not changing sizes. Our kid, in fact, went down a size. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's not a growth spurt all the time. (laughs) It it could be that the cells are not getting the energy that it needs in order to grow. And you're really thirsty. You're thirsty. You're drinking a lot of water. That's your body's natural reaction to drink a lot of water. And then you're going to the bathroom a lot. So a lot of Polyuria. That's the medical term, by the way. Do you know that? Okay. Poly means high. The EMT in you is coming. That means urinating often. Yeah. Polyuria. Polyuria. You know, you might think your child, if, if it's a younger child, is bedwetting again and mm-hmm. re, re, revert, reverting, I guess, back to that. Reverting's re, good. Whatever. That's a good word. Going, yeah, <laughs> regressing, yeah. regressing. Um, but that's not always the case. Um, so you can lose a lot of weight. You could be irritable, be moody. Um, it also, like when you have really high blood sugar, it creates blurred vision. Um, so those are some of and the things. And I think what's really key is even though JDRF does, you know, Stanford juvenile research, mm-hmm. You can get diabetes. Any all, age. Yeah, any age. Any all point. stages, all ages. It does not discriminate. Mm-hmm. And often adults are misdiagnosed. They just think they're sick. Yeah. This is this is good again because I, I can assure you two close friends of mine, college buddies, um, who I told, you know, you two were coming on. This is the topic. They, they'll listen to this for sure. They weren't diagnosed until they were in their late 20s. And mm-hmm. it made sense. They're like, my goodness, my whole life this stuff was going on. And now they're on, you know, constant glucose monitors. We'll talk about insulin pumps. But I did print this out. And this is an old, when I worked at the fire department, we carry this for kids. Mm -hmm. The, this is a quick little visual here. Hold it up for the camera. 
I love, again, very yeah. simple. Hot and dry, sugar's high, right? So signs mm-hmm. and symptoms, hyperglycemia, high blood sugar. Mm-hmm. Polyphagia, so poly means high. That means increased hunger. Polyuria, more urination. Polydipsia, that means more thirsty. Yeah. These are medical terms. So you're thirsty, okay. you're urinating more often, you're more hungry. Incredibly dry skin, blurred vision, delayed delayed wound healing is a big one too. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, more for absolutely. adults. Cold and clammy needs some candy. Yeah. So that's hypoglycemia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Blood sugar's low. Your heart rate goes up, irritability, restlessness, excessive hunger, dizziness, and then you're, you're pale and clammy. Mm-hmm. So that, that's just the medical side of me from my old days where you'd show up to someone with higher blood sugar, higher low blood sugar. Yeah, that's pretty um, spot on. That's good. <laughs> this, so this visual I love too, by the way. Anyone with, with kids needs something hanging up. If you're, you know, you had talked about getting to know the firefighters close by. Your, your school nurses, your teachers, they have to be aware of your that Your coaches, stuff. yeah. Co- all Anybody that- We're going to hit that pretty hard if you're mm-hmm. comfortable talking about that. Yeah. So briefly talking about, right, what's T1D versus type 2 diabetes. Colleen, you comfortable talking about some, some advancements because a lot's changed, mm-hmm. right, and it changes continuously, improves all the time, which is great. Some recent changes you've seen that you think JDRF has contributed to. Yeah. So as I was mentioning before, T-Zield, that is like the first time in history there's this approved drug therapy that can delay the onset for at-risk individuals for up to two or more years. So if, I'm, I'm so excited just even talking about this. This was approved last November. Um, and it's like, you know, we can actually prevent this disease. That's yeah, huge. that's a big yeah. deal. And just think about like what kind of research advancements that we're going to take in like the next like two years. Like where, where is it going to go next? If we can offset the disease for at-risk individuals over like, you know, for two years. And I'm just really excited about like what are we going to then develop? You know, can we offset it for five years? You know? So I, I just I'm super excited about T-Zield. Um, and so like when I say uh, at-risk individuals, so, for example, I have two daughters, okay, who have type 1 diabetes. Uh, hold I, on. Let's, I, I love shout-outs to the daughters. Wh- yeah. Whether they listen or not, <laughs> yours are Quinn and Mackenzie, yeah. and yours is Robinson. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got yeah, it. I'll so, remember it now. So so Quinn is 13. She was diagnosed at 4. Mackenzie is 9, and I diagnosed her at home <laughs> when she was 7. That was a surreal moment. Um, but So my son, I have a son who's 15. So I could take him to get screened because we're at risk for having, you know, family members diagnosed with this disease. Um, this, I think it's like 15 times more likely to, to get type 1 diabetes if you do have a family member. Uh, so I could have my son screened, okay, and it's through one of JDR's funded screenings called T1 Detect, and he could get tested for these antibodies. And if he comes back with two or more antibodies, you know, we're kind of going to monitor that with our endocrinologist to see if it's going to progress. And if it does progress to a certain level, he could receive T-Zield to offset this disease and have his life back for a couple of years because it's exhausting being a pancreas 365 days a year, 24-7. It's exhausting. So that's one of the most, like, exciting things right now um, that JDRF, has you know funded? Can I can I yeah. ask a couple questions? I think this is important information, right? So JDRF, which is supporting parents all over the country, worldwide, you mentioned children also. The T1 detect. So so JDRF, if you're more susceptible, your 15 year old son, you have this detection process that your does JDRF fund that? They recommend it. How do you know when to test other? 
So I think their goal, isn't it, to get it into the pediatrician's office so that when your child goes to your annual appointment, it will just... That's just one of the tests. That'll be on. one of the tests. And then you see if they have the antibodies, and then you can... Absolutely, yeah. immediately sent to an endocrinologist to go yeah. on this. Medicine. We we just had our checkups, and I actually asked our pediatricians, I'm like, what if somebody came here and asked you to get screened? They didn't have the answer. There's a, yeah. a lot. A lot yeah. of, a lot so, of educating. So involved. it's a lot of educating involved. But, yeah, we should be screening. So I just want to throw out this other yes. thing. 85% of T1D diagnoses happen to people with no known family connection. 85%. Yeah, Say that one more time. 85%. 85% of type 1 diabetes diagnoses happen to people with no known family connection. That there says that it's not just genetic, it's mm-hmm. environmental. So that's I mean, the that's, interesting part of the that's disease. A, that's it's, a large envi- percentage of people. And there's, get a, whole, yeah. there's a whole bunch of studies mm-hmm. about the gut too and how that relates to the gut type biome. One. Mm-hmm. I need a, like a, gut doctor, a stomach doctor. I know who you are. I've got you on the list, by the way. Um, so so T-Zield, is that how you say T-Zield. it? FDA approval, that, that's a mm-hmm. long process. Mm-hmm. So what I assume, this is, again, you shouldn't assume because what do they say? It makes an ass of you and me. Please blurp that A word out. <laughs> they've done years of research and they've created this medication that now delays the disease process by, what do you say, two to Up three to years? Up to two years or more. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what are they working on behind the scenes? Something yeah. even better. Yeah. And who exactly. is funding and supporting that? JDRF. JDRF. Yeah. So I'll just mention real briefly. Okay. So like I said, our mission is to prevent. Um, so that's going to fall under the prevention Um, curing it is like really what we all want to see. So we're also funding various different types of cell therapy research. So there's stem cell-based research, there's beta um, cell-based research therapy. So like your beta cells, there's something called beta cell encapsulation. So they're trying to boost the beta cells, I guess, like you want to say, like regrowth um, so they can, you know. Oh, science. <laughs> I'm not smart enough to understand I think that. They, well, I, I can yeah, explain go ahead. It's, yeah. Like, yeah. it's about the size of a Band-Aid, mm-hmm. and they wrap the beta cells in um, a membrane. It's like a semi-permeable membrane where the insulin can come out, mm-hmm. but the um, autoimmune, the immune system can't get in. So it protects it, okay. and they surgically implant it into you, and I think mm-hmm. it's every two years? Am I saying that right? It could be, yeah. You know, I guess they're working. You know more than I do. You're educating me right now. And this is based on just research I've heard and attended. There's a documentary that's called The Human Trial that came out last summer. And I watched it and it followed the first two people who did this beta cell encapsulation therapy. And it's, it's really moving to see for us to get to the cure, what we have to go through. And so we are currently in human trials and showing some pretty amazing results. So I, I'm very excited about the research it, that JDRF funds. That's, that's incredible. Um, and I think your daughter did an early trial, right, that I want to get to in a second. But talking about other advancements um, technology-wise, so one is constant glucose monitoring, which did right. not exist, right? There was finger sticking every mm-hmm. – how often? Before, before 12 DCM. times a day. 12 us. times a day. We would alternate at night every other hour. I mean. My husband and I. That's it's exhausting. not exhausting at all. Yeah, I think about my young kids when I'm up at night trying it's to like relieve my wife. It's like worse than a newborn baby. Okay, so you have that. And then, of course, advancements in insulin, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that at all? Some advancements Smart there, either insulin. one of you? Yeah, go ahead. 
<laughs> the pumps? Go for it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, okay. So I'll just compare to, so my first daughter, um, Quinn, was diagnosed when she was four. So at four years old, I am chasing her around with um, syringes to, to give her injectable insulin. I had at that time three different types of insulin that I had to put in like fast acting. There was slow fast acting, acting yeah. slow acting, and then I had to combine two into one oh, syringe in these like micro milliliters. You know, so like if you think about the scariest part for me, as you know, when I had to measure all of the insulin in the syringes. This much will save your daughter. This much will kill your daughter. So we, we have cameras in here, but I need to explain. She, <laughs> she's using her thumb and her, and her finger that's maybe a, a quarter of a quarter of an inch quarter difference. Quarter of a quarter I mean, of an inch. Yeah. A unit could kill your... Yeah. yeah. So you're that young. No pressure, Mom. No I pressure. Know, right? and, and what like year with, was this? This was... The, it'll be 10 years um, since she was diagnosed this... 2024. So it was like over nine and a half years ago. So we'll see, approximately 10 years, all these advancements. Yes. And now you have insulin pumps. So that- yeah. So now I'm um, both of my daughters wear a pump that loops. Okay. So this actually the looping part of it, and I can explain that real quickly. That just came about a year ago. That was approved, FDA approved. So what that means is that they wear a pump, they wear a pod, um, on their arm every three days we change it out so now we're we're not doing the injections all day and when they go when their blood sugar numbers go high this pump will automatically give them more insulin where before I had to like manually go in to give them more insulin when they go low the pump will shut off because when you go low you don't need insulin yep. you need carbs so so this looping system for pediatric patients now exists thanks to JDRF, and it talks to this app on their phone that's called a continuous glucose monitor. GCMs so, are frequently yeah, used. Yeah, CGMs. Term, if you're not, yeah. So now we C- have a... GCMs? CGMs, CGMs yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wrong acronym. Yeah, so JDRF finds a lot of the technology to treat the disease, yeah. and it's, it's a real game changer. Robinson was actually in a trial back in, I think it was 2011, where she wore which one is of these. 13 years ago by long the way long time ago yeah or 12 and i can't do math or uh, <laughs> acronyms it, or anything right now i think it was like the navigator or something but jdrf funded that and um, we've also been in another trial where now instead of the intramuscular glucagon if you go unconscious there's an intranasal one yeah that that's a great one jdrf part of that so how are we doing on time Trey? you watching we got 2 minutes left okay well so managing the disease has become a lot easier in, in like intranasal means in the nose intramuscular yeah. means in the muscle it used to be subcutaneous shots like so much has changed i think that's pretty incredible um first half i told you to fly by we're, we're almost at the commercial break here which is great some a lot of jdr stuff s- some changes educating on type 1 diabetes versus type 2 um, I'm thinking second half i'd love to hear some some personal personal stories if you're comfortable sharing those and the journey you've had and then really talk about some upcoming events for JDRF, the fundraising you're doing, which, again, $2.5 billion. That's insane. Um, anyone you want to say hi to? Because I like to say, hi, Mom. I love you. Aw, I love my mom, too. Hi, oh. Mom. <laughs> hi, Mom. Love you, too. <laughs> and our kids, of course, by the way. Um, Casey and Colleen, both with JDRF here in Jacksonville, we're, we're going to talk a lot, again, about these upcoming events that I'm excited for. 
you're probably healthy or not healthy, but first half, we did some science stuff, some disease process stuff, some advancements. Um, I'm excited. I told you that it'd fly by, though, right? That's what the health just happened. Every day I'm hustling. Welcome back to the second half of What the Health Just Happened. If you missed the first half, good news is it's available on whatever podcasts are. I don't know. iHeartRadio, Apple, Spotify, et cetera. But um, thank you, 104.5, for letting us talk about healthcare stuff. We have two representatives from JDRF, Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, Casey Repass and Colleen Morris. Morris. That's right. Two daughters for Colleen with Mm -hmm. T1D, one daughter for Casey with T1D. We talked a lot lot about the um, adjustments in care, the advancements, the amount of funds that JDRF has raised. We're going to talk about some upcoming events, but right now I think sharing stories in your journey as, as moms, right? This grassroots organization that's really changing the treatments and care for T1D children. I have Casey's notes here and, and I'm going to read this. Ed Damiano, is that how I say it? Yes. Okay. With uh, Beta Bionics. This is a quote from him. I'm at, so this is from his perspective as a parent of a T1D kid. Imagine for a moment that you are a parent of a child with a chronic illness and the medicine that you give that child every night could kill him or her if you get the dose just a little bit wrong. Now imagine for a moment that, that, that the dose that you gave your child yesterday that worked doesn't work today for some reason. And imagine that you have to worry about this every single day for the rest of your child's life. And finally imagine that you have to send that child off to college one day and the full burden of that responsibility falls on your child's shoulders and the worry of that child being able to get up and take on a new day was always ever on your mind. So if you can imagine all of that, you can imagine what it is to be the parent of a child with type one diabetes. Even the best technology, even with the best technology, there is still so much room for error. The closed loop system is not God's perfect pancreas. I got chills reading that, by the way. I didn't read that beforehand. I'm glad I didn't stutter. So you read that and it makes my heart I, go up into my throat and I just want to start crying. Me too, me too. So again, two mothers here with, with type one diabetic children. Your daughter is now in college. Yes. Are you comfortable sharing some of that story? Sure, okay. I mean, it's not easy, <laughs> but sure. So Robinson was diagnosed at the age of four. Um, we, you know, like we said before, she was wetting the bed, drinking a lot of water, and we didn't understand why. We thought she had a UTI. Um, she'd lost a lot of weight, was really lethargic, falling asleep all the time. Um, we took her into the doctor on the way to the beach with a bunch of other kids, and the doctor was like, um, you need to go straight to Wilson. Her sugars were 840. Ooh. Wow. So we took okay, her to... Okay, normal's 80 to 120, yeah, approximately. 70 right? to 120, yeah. yeah. So we took her to Wolfson, and you're, you know, you're there for four days learning how to take care of your child all over again. And... You know, it doesn't hit you until that night when the nurse gives you the syringes and the meter and says, here, now your turn. You need to learn how to poke her through the night to test her sugars. She taught us about the cold and clammy because at that time we didn't have the Dexcom sensor to alert us on our phones that she's going low. So we would go up at night every other hour, my husband and I, and check to see if she was cold or if she was warm to the touch and see if we needed, if we felt like we needed to test her and wake her up most of the time. You know, eventually she learned to sleep through it. But she was four years old. She'd climb up on my lap, and I would reach around and hug her and give her injections on the back of her arm so I wouldn't see her face and she wouldn't see mine crying. (laughs) So, you know, you start to, as a parent, you have to go from this mode of, my gosh, I'm going to have to inflict pain on my child every two hours so that she can live again. And you have to switch your heart to be like, I got this. I have to do this to keep her alive. And as a parent, yeah, you have to be strong for your kid. And I think that's kind of been our motto, both myself and DR, that we are going to 
let Robinson do anything that she wants to do with this disease, and she can do anything, and we're not going to stop her from it, and we're just going to be there to support her and, um, you know, help her be everything that she can be and not let this disease define who she is. Age four, Age four. right, learning about it, and you have middle school, high school, and she, right. she was a competitive athlete, right? Right. So she's, I mean, we've been in gymnastics meets where she's done a flip and a vault at 40 double arrow down oh because gosh. she's I don't know what that means, persistent. by the way. My daughter's 40, five. <laughs> you know, oh, oh. the kid is resilient. I thought resilient. she made a trick on gymnastics. Sorry. <laughs> no, she started oh, with geez. gymnastics. She's been through swimming where we've had to test her every 30 minutes swimming because, you know, blood you're sugar really calories, drops yeah. when you're swimming. And you're underwater. Mm-hmm. So we're holding Dangerous. our breath, letting her swim. And then we decided, well, let's try to transition into volleyball. At least it's out above <laughs> <Dry>. the water. <laughs> So she's, you know, I've been, I was telling Colleen before, I have a, a younger daughter that was seven years old at the time. And we're in this huge gym in Orlando, the convention center. And I had to leave my seven-year-old daughter because at this time, you know, we had the Dexcom sensor and it was alerting me that she was low, L-O-W, double That's all you get, yeah. That's it. That's, that's the bottom. When you're really low, yeah. that's what she gets. So I'm running across the whole gym to find the court that my daughter's on to figure out which backpack is hers, to find the glucagon, to figure out, you know, I'm alerting the coach. She has to stop the game, pull my kid out because she's so resilient. She's got this like competitive athletic thing drive, about her yeah. drive. And she will not. That's a not, good skill set, by the way. It is, but it's, it's mine never matter. It's mine never matter. And she um, wouldn't stop. She kept playing and she was like fighting us, taking her out because you're belligerent when you're <laughs> We're like, you need to sit. We're getting your blood sugar up. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's been, it's been a journey with my, my child because when you, when you exercise with, as a type one diabetic, the low from that exercise can happen between the point of exercise and like 48 hours later, and you don't know when it's going to hit. And unfortunately for us, 4.30 is the magic number in the morning of, of when it would it is. hit. And so, you know, before the navigator, before the Dexcom um, sensor, this is why I think they put us in that trial because we kept having this happen. But before the sensor, um, we uh, we didn't know when that was going to happen. And so sometimes we would have, you know, a 4.30 test and she would be really, really low and not responsive. So Now she's in college. Now she's in college. First year. Yep. And so are you back to sleepless nights as mom? Um, she, I mean, she is very mature and very responsible. And for all those moms out there, I would let go of control when they're not that's necessarily, that's my wife. it's hard, <laughs> it's hard as a parent, period, <laughs> to let go of control. But I would let go of control earlier and not be so micromanaging because the earlier you do that, the more confident you're going to be with letting your child go. And it's better when they're under your roof and you let go of that control. I mean, the last year before she went to college, we're downstairs, she's upstairs. We would let the alarms go off. We would wait. Mm-hmm. And wait, it's hard to see Ooh. if she would do anything. Then we would call her as if she was in her dorm. If she didn't answer, we would ping the find my iPhone. If she didn't answer that, then we'd have to go upstairs and wake her up and be like, hey, this is happening. You need to wake up. You don't, she doesn't feel it in her sleep. So we trained her for the last year. She wasn't getting a lot of sleep and she's definitely not getting a lot of sleep. I know right now in college trying to do this all on her own. But, you know, we've, we've been watching it and um, we've set parameters with the college. Unfortunately, there's nothing you can do with her roommate to require her to do anything or the RA, but we have campus security's number and, you know, whether or not that's going to be enough time to get to her. We, we just, we have a process. We have a list of 30 items that we've given her that we've learned over the years of never do this, always do this. I need a copy she has of that to list. do that yeah. before she goes to <laughs> We bed might need another time. episode to go through those 30 items because, I mean, yeah. again, this is relevant information for parents. And this is how we keep our kids alive. Like, this yeah. is, this is yeah. serious. This is our day-to-day life. Because the technology is great, and thank God we have the Dexcom sensor, and we can see what her blood sugars are to have that catch on her. But the technology is not, like you said, the perfect pancreas. So I read your quote, by the way. I got chills reading that. I might, you're going to have to send me that because I just think it's something cool to, to read and share. Sure. Um, <clears throat> anything you want to add as a mom before we talk about, let's just JDRF, JDRF. Yeah, so, you know, events. I think just having, dealing with this disease now with two daughters, it's like, it is absolutely exhausting. 
you know, and and I came on board. I was I've been volunteering for JDRF for nine years since Quinn's diagnosis, and I came on board a year ago as an employee because I said I have to do more. I need to find a cure. You know, I want to add to that. that. Yeah. That's a, a huge thing about JDRF that I want to plug. When when you're diagnosed, they you get a backpack with Rufus in it to practice, a bag of hope Mm -hmm. that's full of stuff from JDRF on how to help manage the diabetes and guides for parents and just all kinds of stuff on what to do with school. It, that organization, it's a community. It's a community that you're automatically a part of. And that you, I couldn't do anything without it, but being involved in JDRF and volunteering as a parent, it gives you a sense of control over this disease when you cannot control the disease. And, Absolutely. If I didn't have my job with my husband, <laughs> I would totally be working for JDR. Repass law. Free well, plug. I'm sorry. She's volunteering for us almost on a full-time basis. So. Yeah. It's the Bef- only thing you can do. Yeah. All right, quick pivot. Is it gala or gala? Gala. Gala. We got a gala and a gala. <laughs> Colleen, where are you from? I'm from New York. Okay, Northeast. And then real quick, because I don't know this. I didn't look this up. You've been with JDR for one year, mm-hmm. and you were you were part of the movement, the organization. What were you doing before that? So, good question. I've worn a few hats. I worked in marketing and public relations for a while in New York City. I was also um, a special ed teacher for a few years. Um, And I've been volunteering with JDRF for almost 10 years. And, you know, the mission is my purpose in life. And I kind of took all of the skills I had from my other professional jobs and volunteering. And I get to put it into this role now. And marketing and (laughs) she's amazing. I would would have to agree. So marketing and PR Mm -hmm. and and special education or any education, Mm -hmm. you're taking that and and contributing that to JDR. Yeah, fundraising and advocacy. Something that you have lived for for a while. Yeah. Okay. So clearly JDRF is awesome, Mm -hmm. I would say. And again, I I don't have experience directly other than some friends who have rants and raved about the organization. Some people feel weird talking about fundraising, but that's what supports – full-time employees. That's how you make these changes. It is gala, not gala, but we're going to call it party with a purpose. Okay. There, are, there are a lot of big events and, and Casey's the chair for, for Jacksonville's party with purpose. I want to talk about this a ton. And you got to nail this because this is where we're going to take that video footage and just oh. post it. And, I'm kidding. Okay. I'm kidding. What is the date of party with a purpose? November 9th. November 9th. What time does it start? 6 p.m. Okay. <laughs> she's looking at her notes. It's great. I wrote it down too. Sawgrass. Okay, exactly. so November 9th, 6 p.m., TPC Sawgrass. And mm-hmm. we had talked previously, there's approximately 250 to 300 people there. What is this event? I know you, look, again, it's a huge deal. You're one of the main chairs for it. The, the flow of it, like the money you raised in the last, what was it, 30 minutes? That's cool stuff. Let's yeah. talk about this event. The fun to cure part. So the, the, the party with the purpose, TPC Sawgrass, November 9th. 6 p.m. 6 p.m. <laughs> we have a, a cocktail hour, then a silent auction and a live auction. And we have a portion of the um, the night that's dedicated to a Fundicure family. We have Fallon Schiltz. Mm-hmm. Fallon Schiltz. She actually has type one. And then her youngest daughter, younger of four, I guess, um, was just diagnosed Memorial Day weekend. Oof. So that should be a, it's a, moving a story, story. Very yeah. moving mm-hmm. story. Um, so we have the Fundicure segment and then we have dancing with Pete the Job Guy. Dancing. Oh, don't give. <laughs> now I'm, the only reason I'm going is just to outdance Pete the Job Guy, by the way. The fact that he's getting free plugs, I don't love. Yeah, no. Um, and I'll just also throw in there, our honorary chair is also our presenting sponsor this year, and that's Chris and Dawn Shee of Mastercraft Builders. Uh, Chris's son, Brandon, was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes uh, in his teen years, and now Brandon is a um, young man, 23 years old, working for Pulte Group. Um, so they they will also be um, speaking at this year's party, Party with a Purpose. And then the Schultz family that Casey mentioned, um, Fallon uh, and her daughter have a really moving story that, that we'll be sharing as well that we'll, night. We'll bring it up again, November 9th. Into the Blue is the theme. Into the Blue is the theme, Party mm-hmm. with a Purpose, Into the Blue. But actually wrote down the website here. Who can say the website off the top of their head to sign up? JacksJDRFParty.com. There it is, JacksJDRFParty.com. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's for that specific event. Yeah. 
there's two other events too that are worth talking about, but for, for the community to give back, I always say you can donate really two ways with your time or your money. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Joe Schmo walking down the street that hears this episode and thinks, I want to give back to this organization. Where do they find more information? How do they give back their time and, and their, their money, quite frankly? Yeah, a that's difference. a great question. So we are lean and mean at JDRF, like employee-wise. So we really rely on our community to help us with volunteering and fundraising. So volunteers are the heart and soul of the JDRF organization. If you go to jdrf.org forward slash Northern Florida, you can learn more about the events in our community, how to get connected to others living with type 1 diabetes. If you want to donate your time, uh, I encourage you to email our chapter at northernflorida at jdrf.org. Um, you can also follow us on social media. So JDRF Northern Florida, look us up on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And um, yeah, I just wanted to share a couple of our other yes. programs if yes. we have time. So, you know, all of the research that we talked about before, you know, it takes a lot of money, billions of dollars, in fact. What was it $2.5 billion? Yeah, $2.5 yeah. billion to date. It takes a lot of money to, to get to, to reach and advance our mission. So we have a couple of programs that support these fundraising efforts. We have our Ride to Cure Diabetes program, and that's in Amelia Island. It's coming up November 30th to December 3rd. You can bike ride up to 100 miles, but as they say, it's about the smiles, not the miles. I like that. <laughs> and I just want to give a shout out to Bobby Owenarte and Carla Voorhees Toll in Northern Florida. They both are amazing. They coach, they participate, they ride, they fundraise for several of JDRF's rides throughout our country and including the Amelia Island ride each year. So I just want to say thank you yeah. so much to Bobby and Carla. You guys are awesome. Uh, so, And then we have our walk. So traditionally, our walk in northern Florida is in the spring. This is the one I had heard about previously. Yeah. I, I mean, that's just what I hear about a, a ton is the it's walk. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's great for T1D families to connect in the community. It's a really, really special day. So we have three walks going on in the spring, Tampa, Orlando, and Jacksonville. And it's the largest peer-to-peer -peer fundraiser and T1D event in the world. So we have 150 of these walks of our one walks going across the country each year. It powers more research, enables more advocacy, and funds more support for the 1.6 million Americans living with T1D. So a lot of families who first get diagnosed, that's their entryway yeah. into JDR, the JDRF community. They start with a walk. Um, so the walk, I know just from seeing it from my girls' perspective, when they show up on walk day and they're seeing Chad Muma, who plays for the Jags, who also Go has Jags. type one. Go Sorry, Jags. Yep. It's week one of the NFL. It's going to come up. Yeah, Chad is out there. Um, he speaks at our walks annually and he's out there and he's showing off like his, you know, CGMs and his pumps. And for my girls to see this NFL football player living with this disease and all of its challenges, you know, and they're having these side conversations with him and all of the other families out there that day. Like, oh, are you high? Are you low? It's just, it makes them feel so supported and so loved that like for me walk is such a special day it's also like it's all inclusive everyone can show up and come out to walk yeah not just families exposed to t1d but everyone to support them and come out that's again the first time i'd heard about it was this is way too many plugs for pete the job guy and angie by the way they, i'm kidding <laughs> we'll laugh my neighbor. Later was my neighbor i love them both the, the walk they talked about I know he sponsored the event and then we had some friends that, that set up a team i was like I, I hadn't heard of it till i don't know if it's a year or two ago so that's three big events the ride the walk which is a big one and the gala, not gala, which Casey is the chair of, November <laughs> yes. 9th, 6 p.m. at TPC, TPC Sawgrass. Sawgrass. Inside. Okay. Fundraising huge. What else can we address? Because I'm pretty sure, Trey, how are we doing on time over here? Most people don't ask. Six minutes. Okay. No one's counting though, right? By the way, this is live. It's Saturday night on the radio show. I'm winking. It's not live. We record <laughs> ahead of time. Research, funding, um, parents going through the experience. What else do you want to add in there? 
there's probably a lot you could still add. So, so go ahead. I would say, you know, for people who are listening to this and you want to get involved, um, we have a lot of different volunteer opportunities, um, whether you want to come out uh, and walk on walk day, you know, individuals, schools, families, corporations, you can all register for a walk team. Um, so if you want to just like physically be present, you can sign up for a walk team. If you want to volunteer, uh, we partner with Wawa every year. And I have to tell you, these the Wawa volunteers show up at the crack of dawn, 530 in the morning. It's pitch blackout. And ready they help rock. us. Ready to rock. They help us, like, put the actual, like, the logistics side of the walk on. So we have a lot of corporate um, volunteers and, and volunteers in the community that come out and help us put on these events. Walk is really heavily, um, we heavily rely on our volunteers to help us on that side of it. So, you know, and then for corporations, um, there's a lot of different sponsorship opportunities too for all of our programs, Walk, Ride, and the Gala program. So I think it's great if you um, if you want to give back to your community in a philanthropic way, you want some corporate visibility for your employees to kind of rally behind like one shared goal to get together, you know, that, that sponsorship is a great opportunity as well. Um, and then, you know, also in our chapter, other ways that if you want to feel supported, we do a coffee and conversations. Yeah. So like for like me, it. when my daughter was diagnosed, we were living in Connecticut at the time. And that's how I got connected. Where's that? Okay. Sorry. <laughs> but that's how I got connected to JDRF. It was through these coffee meetups and meeting people like Casey. And I wanted to talk about yeah. that. That's great. Yeah. As much as the, the mm-hmm. corporate sponsorship side of things really gets things moving with JDRF and donations, I think it's it, it's grassroots. Mm-hmm. It starts Absolutely. with our families. And I want to speak to the families that are listening to this that are impacted by type one. They need to get involved with JDRF simply just to connect. Like like the day of walk, when you bring your child, let's just use an example as a child, you bring your child to walk and you surround that child with all of their family, all of their friends that are their support system. I'll never forget when they stopped to say the Pledge of Allegiance and everything was silent and you have that moment of the Star, the Star Single Banner and you're looking around at your support system and you're seeing your child just beaming because they're feeling that love right now. Right it really hits home. And that's, I mean, that is another purpose. It's a purpose for JDRF to let these families know, these these people that have type 1, that they have a family, an instant family. And because of those people and the connections that they have in the communities, they may have corporate sponsorships that they can think of and know to give us the name that we will then go out and talk and say, hey, this, this many people are impacted in your organization by this disease. How can we partner with you mm-hmm. so that we can impact this family with type one. This is, again, you talk about the, the specific events and, and thinking of the child, looking at their support system. What about the other moms and dads who look around, like, look at all these people going through a similar yeah. situation. You're not like, alone. Hey, nice to meet you, friend. Okay, that's the Tell other me your thing. adventure. I mean, that, 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 that in and of itself is worth going to every single coffee with a purpose or coffee with friends. What was it called? Co- coffee and conversation. Coffee and conversation. I mm-hmm. love that. And, yeah. and if you're, if you're a family, share your story with other families, reach out to the newly diagnosed families and be that person. Yeah. I will never forget Becky Gray was my mentor. Aww, we we assigned mentors to families okay. and she kept calling and calling. I'm like, I got this. I don't need her. Oh, and yeah. I finally <laughs> broke down in the Walmart parking lot with the pharmacy mm-hmm. issue that I had and called her. And that's another reason of what, why we have JDRF and about that too. Yeah, that support is so so needed, especially that first year of diagnosis where you're just completely overwhelmed. overwhelmed. You're in a fog. You know, I just I remember Suzanne Stafford. She lives in Darien, Connecticut. She was my person that got me through those first few years. Oh, man, that's good. Mm-hmm. Trey, how we doing? I keep asking you. <laughs> oh, the book. Oh. Yes, let's plug. Oh my gosh, I like that. Trey chimed in. I'm holding this up. I don't know how much we'll get on camera here. You you shared your journey on social media I with did. your daughter. I'm holding this giant book, so the biggest book I've read. Go ahead. There's, there are, are hours sometimes that you're awake at night and you're alone with the moon and your kid just watching 
your child to make sure that they live. And that's when I would blog because I didn't know what else to do. I was telling people my story and I put it on Facebook under Robinson's Rainbows. And I just would tell my story and share it so that people didn't feel alone. They knew that I was going through this too, or other people are going through it. They're not alone. And if I can make this mistake and I'm a CPA, certainly people- Way smarter than I am. I mean, people that can't crunch these numbers to calculate the carbohydrate to insulin ratio mm -hmm. or whatever, it's, it's a hard disease to manage. So I shared it. I shared all the times we had to use glucagon. I've shared- just everything that we did through the, every time I volunteered Robinson's for Gala, Rainbows. Walk, yeah, that's our walk name. And okay. so it's Facebook, Robinson's Rainbows. But it has been stagnant since my daughter turned 16. She I said no not, more mom. She said no more mom because she was dating a boy and she didn't want that boy to think she was only diabetes. And she okay. was tired of being the face of diabetes. She was like a youth ambassador in Children's Congress and did a whole bunch of advocacy. And she was just needing a moment to be Robinson. So you have like, that for that. forever. So I printed that. Yeah. yeah. It's and amazing. So that we could have it. I don't know what's going to happen with Facebook. but So that's printed. Yeah. Now, right now, I just promote things on Facebook, like the gala and the coffee. Mm -hmm thing and everything so it, gala not gala gala <laughs> party with a purpose thing. you're in florida it's in the south that is, that, by the way that's 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 pretty cool it is pretty I cool mean, to look at now and, and, you, and you know a year years from now she's gonna look at that and be like okay i, I love this book it's like one of her most yeah. possessions I would my assume. mom loved me yeah. all moms love their kids yeah. yes you <laughs> do too we try our best but we're just not best. as good as moms are let's be honest um man i told you the time would fly by we didn't get to healthy or not healthy we might have to do a little selfie video afterwards okay um Big events, the walk, the ride, the gala, party with purpose. Got to keep saying mm -hmm. party with purpose. Into the blue is the theme. Yes. Yeah. And what's the website one more time? JaxJDRFParty.com. JaxJDRFParty.com. November can, 9th, yep. 6 p.m., TPC. You can Limited buy your, tickets. Yeah, you can buy, buy your tickets on the website. You can make a sponsorship donation, a funded care donation, learn a little bit more about the event. Um, you can it, donate items too. For yeah. Silent oh yeah. Our silent auction auctions. Item. It's really exciting. You guys right want some Jaguar flags? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, please. We saw them. They're cute. Um, anything you, I mean, again, you want to add, you want to say hi to anyone. Maybe they listen, maybe they don't. Your daughter's not going to listen. She's at college. She's not paying attention. Uh, go Tars. Go Tars? You know, what I'm is a gator. that? A Tar Don't admit you're a gator right now, by the way. I know. I'm a gator, but I was like, Rob, I thought for sure one of my kids would end up at the University of Florida, but my Robinson is at Rollins and their mascot is a tar. So you say go tars. So technically What's a tar? it's a sailor, but if oh. you flip the O and the A around, it's like gators, right? Uh, <laughs> so that's, that's you're that's reaching. Hilarious. You're reaching. Oh my gosh. I, I love it. I go love tars. It. I'm going to have to look. I didn't know what a tar was. JDRF, that's again, incredible organization. Like I said, I like to rotate on predominantly healthcare related. We try to be, we have business owners, CFOs, healthy versus unhealthy business practices, but I love nonprofits, especially that are really kind of in the healthcare sector. I would say JDRF is has a lot to do with healthcare, especially new parents going through this experience, experienced parents, parents going through the experience. That's hard to say. Experienced parents going through this experience. Try to say that real fast. Experienced parents going, going through, through this, this experience. experience. Oh, you, guys are really <laughs> I am. You, know, you can touch on insurance too, if you want. I know you know a lot about that, but if you, I mean, again, that's, we could talk about it for hours if you want. It's, it's tough with type one. Families. It is really tough. The cost of care. Mm -hmm. um, again, insulin, you're, you're, yeah, getting the supplies, using. going through hoops and chains to get the approvals, with the starting with the doctors. And when, when it's something, she has to live on insulin the rest of her life. Yeah, why then, do I need a prescription And then getting the scripts months? filled monthly versus, like, why can't we just have it, like, every six months? Like, you know, this is a chronic disease. <laughs> and it just adds to the burden of the disease. And then now my child in college anxiety. is having to manage all of her supplies. Yeah. It's not easy. So you don't want me to talk about it because I'll just badmouth my entire industry. Because, I mean, again, it's difficult. Imagine a parent, the cost is one thing, the difficulty of getting these supplies that you run out of constantly. And it's, it's changing, but. And we're in America. I've been out of the country and met families whose children have died because they couldn't get the insulin. Yeah. You, when we fight for this, mm -hmm. we fight for it, not just for the, the us that are the privileged that get to have What was the numbers worldwide? 8 million worldwide? 8.8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8
Yeah. Trey, how are we doing on time? Last time. Oh, we got to wrap it up. Okay. I knew that would happen. Did time fly by? Did you have fun? I did. Thank you, Eric. Will you this come back? Great. Yeah. That's yeah. what I ask. If, if a guest leaves, you can lie to me on air, by the way. Yeah. Um, Casey and Colleen with JDRF, Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, some fun events. I enjoyed myself. I learned something. I really appreciate it. You, you moms are incredible on so many levels, right? Thank you for joining me on What the Hell Just Happened. Like I said, 104.5 WOKV. It will be available on all your podcasts. We'll have some video content to share, but thank you for joining me. Thank that you for inviting is us. Thank what you the for having us. Just happened.